Today, we've got nothing but fire for you as we've got the best of clips from our favorite podcast episodes, both on the Serious Sellers podcast, the AMPM podcast, our best blogs, and our best PPC strategies. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that is our best of show, all right? So I know a lot of you guys can't always look at all of our content that we have in our blogs or on the AMPM podcast or the Serious Sellers Podcast or PPC tips with Vince and other things. So what we've done is we've picked the best of the best and kind of just put them all into a, a short podcast here so that you guys can get the highlights of what you might have missed over the last six weeks or so. Now, if you've been selling on Amazon for more than 15 minutes, you know that very few things stay the same. E-commerce is constantly changing. However, one thing that's remained constant is the wisdom and coaching experience that we get from our very first guest, which was Kevin King. Kevin King, he's an OG Amazon wizard, as well as the man behind Helium 10's Freedom Ticket Training Program. So as Amazon sellers know, success starts with the buy box. But what happens when you lose it? Here's the little trick that Kevin has up his sleeve. So on one of our products recently, uh, we lost the buy box on the product. We're the only seller. We're a private label. We're the only seller. Uh, the first thing I do is I make sure that I have my low price and my high price band set. So you can do that by going into Seller Central and you manage F FBA inventory. Up at the top right corner, there's something called, I think it's called preferences or columns or something. You click that and you can turn on and off different columns like BSR and sales price. Turn on the low price and high price and make sure you have a pricing band. So if I'm selling at $19.95, I'll put that pricing band at like my low is going to be $8.99, my high is going to be $39.99 or something. Just so Amazon doesn't think I'm price gouging. Um, that was set. Then the next thing that you can lose the buy box if you're the only seller is because um, maybe you're selling it, someone selling it cheaper on Walmart or on your own website. Amazon uses, scrapes other sites. And if it's being sold for cheaper somewhere else, then, then Amazon may, they can, you can still buy it on Amazon, but it'll say available from other sellers and you have to click over and it can hurt your conversions and you're still the only seller, but it's there. So that we thought that might be the case. We check everywhere. We can't find it anywhere. You know, nobody that got a rebate, uh, selling it, nobody on eBay, nothing. Our site's higher price. Could not freaking figure this out. Why did we lose the buy box? Opening up ticket after ticket, trying to go through the uh, the Amazon system where, you know, the AI system that just basically says, gives you a standard answer. The buy box is controlled by things and check these five things and just a bunch of BS, just going in circles. So finally, I call my guy at, at Amazon, um, the guy I talked about earlier and said, hey, can you help me out here? Can you escalate the case? He's like... I can, man, but you know, they just pretty much ignore this stuff. Anything related to the buy box just really is a dead, uh, a dead end wall. So well, how can we fix this? One of these has been two months. We haven't had the buy box on one of our PPE products and it's killing the sales on this item and we can't figure it out. He's like, let's play with some stuff. He said, you have an FBA and an FBM listing. Let's, let's take the FBM listing and put it to zero. You're in stock at FBA. Let's say you have zero quantity on FBM and see what happens. We try that. Doesn't work. He's like, all right, let's play with the pricing up and down. We play with the pricing up and down in combination with zero. Then he comes with ideas. You know what? Let's look at your business pricing. Your business pricing, let's make sure it's at least a dollar less than your, than your uh, normal pricing. We change that. So, you know, if we're $19.97, we change the business pricing to be $18.97, and we put the FBM to zero, even though we have FBM in stock and we have FBM in stock, we just put it to zero. 
boom, instantly buy box comes back. We're able to raise the price within the pricing band. So there's some idiosyncrasy. He figured it out in Amazon that is looking at the difference between your normal price and your business price and your FBA and your FBM inventory and causing you to lose the buy box. It's almost like they're competing against each other in some weird way. That's a quirk of the algorithm. So if you have that problem and you just can't figure it out, that's, that's a little technique. One of the hardest parts of being an entrepreneur working in e-commerce is juggling the many different parts of running your business. Product research, keyword optimization, marketing, brand building, PPC advertising. These are just a few of the roles that online sellers need to assume. Now, when you add the financial element of running a growing small business, sometimes it can be too much. The solution for many is to reach out to a variety of companies that all promise to help with an element of this equation. Now, in this next episode of the AMPM podcast, Tim Jordan speaks to somebody who has the perfect example to that dilemma. Sandeep is the co-founder and CEO at Assembly, which just happens to be the parent company of Helium 10. Here's what Sandeep has to say about Assembly's e-commerce business goals. We are acquiring and building software you know, to cover every aspect of the merchant journey. You know, whether you're selling on your own website or Amazon or Walmart, anywhere, uh, we want to be able to provide every solution you need to run your business successfully. And, and, and we want to marry on top of that. It's not just about providing software. It's the whole component of sp- community, training, content, a lot of what you do, uh, Tim, it's, it's, it's incredibly helpful to these, these businesses who are trying to stay ahead of the curve. And I think the, the marriage of software and community is really what we're trying to build. Tim Jordan asked Sandeep to take a peek into his crystal ball and talk about what he saw happening in the near future for Amazon sellers. 2020 was obviously uh, a crazy year and we're still going through it. Uh, and from e-commerce's perspective, it's what it's really opened up is people who weren't really utilizing e-commerce in their day-to-day life, they had no choice. You know, people like my parents who never really bought anything online, suddenly uh, it could, they were forced to do it and it's created a new habit. And I don't, I don't think that's going to change uh, when things open up. Certainly, you know, people are going to go back to stores and, and that's going to, that's, that's going to improve. And that's, that's great. I think. It's great for a lot of small businesses that really need it and that are hurting right now. Um, but I think the habits already changed. And, and so e-commerce is going to increasingly become a bigger and bigger percentage of, of uh, retail spend. Because this podcast features Amazon selling tips, you know that you're going to hear about PPC advertising. And what that means is you're probably going to hear from Helium 10's PPC expert, Vince Montero. Here's Vince with advice on when and how to use dynamic bidding. This feature automatically adjusts your bids in real time on Amazon. For brand new campaigns, you should start with dynamic bid down. That means Amazon will always take your bid down to just above the next highest bidder. So if your bid is a dollar, but the next highest bidder is 75 cents, you'll pay 76 cents. This is why your CPCs are always lower than your actual bid at this setting. Found in the campaign settings, dynamic bids up and down should only be utilized on established campaigns that have at least 50 sales a week. You'll want to make sure keywords and current bids are already performing well at this setting because Amazon will bid down, but they will also bid up to 100% more than your bid. So if your bid is a dollar, you'd potentially pay two. Now this is good for competitive niches with dramatically fluctuating bid prices. For most of us, e-commerce probably means selling on Amazon using FBA. 
Increasingly, however, Walmart and other companies are trying to duplicate Amazon's success. Here's a post by Kai, a Helium 10 writer, entitled Marketplace Fulfillment Walmart Fees versus Amazon Fees, about the difference between Walmart and Amazon's fulfillment models. This is a quick rundown of Walmart WFS fees compared to Amazon FBA fees. Like with everything else in e-commerce, there are pros and cons. Walmart Fulfillment Service, or WFS for short, is essentially the Walmart version of FBA. You send your products to their fulfillment centers and they pull, pack, and ship directly to customers when they place an order on the Walmart Marketplace. Walmart is highly selective about who is allowed to sell on Walmart Marketplace through the self-fulfilled method, and even more selective about who gets the privilege to become WFS sellers. If you need a quick introduction to becoming a Walmart Marketplace seller, check out our previous blog about it. As of this writing, one of the major benefits of selling on the Walmart Marketplace is drastically less competition than Amazon since the barrier to entry is much higher. Theoretically, this means only higher quality products that Walmart personally approves of can be sold. Now, deciphering Amazon FBA fees feels like translating ancient Latin text sometimes, while Walmart's WFS fees, by comparison, feel like reading The Very Hungry Caterpillar. As an Amazon seller, understanding the latter will be a breeze. Now, Walmart's e-commerce marketplace is keeping it simple. A possibly overlooked difference between the two platforms is storage fees. Walmart charges the same storage fees as Amazon does from Q1 through Q3, but less than Amazon does during Q4. Q4 is where the largest difference in fees are. Assuming your sell-through rate is good and your inventory doesn't sit for more than 30 days during Q4, Walmart charges significantly lower storage fees during Q4 compared to Amazon. Now a note about supply chain logistics. Product shipments sent to Walmart fulfillment centers to be sold via WFS must originate from within the U.S. Therefore, you cannot ship directly from an overseas supplier to a Walmart fulfillment center. Unfortunately, there's no one-size-fits-all advice here. Since the rules on fees, especially fulfillment fees, are unique, you'll have to compare your own product stats against each platform. It's common for a lot of us to have love-hate relationships with social media. But when it comes to selling on Amazon, social media is something that you probably don't want to ignore. In a Serious Sellers podcast episode, I had the opportunity to speak with Rachel Miller, a social media pro, about how to leverage social media communities to drive e-commerce business. Here's what she said about getting started on Facebook. You want to start with a Facebook page. The reason why I really love pages and then using other people's groups and my own groups even but I always want to start with a page is there's no limit to how many people you can reach in a Facebook group. You're limited by the number of people that are in that group. So you can't have your content seen by everyone. Um, you can't get it to a million people because there's groups, no real groups are up. I mean, there are some that are over a million, but it's rare. Um, and with a a profile, you're maxed out at 5,000 friends. And my guess is a lot of the people listening right now, they don't want to get rid of their uncle Hubert from their friend list. Um, but at the same time, he's never going to buy their gizmo, right? So like yeah. you're, you're, you're capped on how many people you can reach with that. You're not capped on a page. You can literally reach everyone. And even now, like people say, well, Rachel, don't you know, Facebook is dead. You have to pay to get in front of an audience on Facebook. I literally have two people last week who told me they're reaching over 6 million people on Facebook without any ads. Many of you are trying to get your work done with children at home. Here's a great tip that Rachel has about that. I bet there's a lot of people out there that are just like me and are a mom and they're trying to like juggle all of the things. I would suggest that they've come up with a song that while they play that song, the kids know 
mom's working, she's going to do something. And it's a 10, look for like that song by Queens. That's like 10 minutes long. Look for a long song that, that you train your brain and you train your kids. When this is on, I'm going to do my work task. And you almost tell yourself, I've got to rush to get this done as fast as I can. So how many things can I research in this minute? How many think posts can I create and schedule on Facebook in this minute? How many groups where my future customers are, can I go in there and look for their problems and their solutions and, and jot down as many as I can mm-hmm. while that song plays? If you can find a way to be productive in bursts, it's going to help you um, focus, but it tells the kids, hey, that song's on, leave mommy alone. As soon as the song's done, you can bother mommy again. Um, it's going to help you focus. It's going to help you be more productive, and it's going to help you build that audience. If you do that every single day, um, building your audience, building your product, you will find success. Next up, a blog by Sharon titled The Science of Amazon Advertising. Keep these metrics in mind that helps us untangle online sellers struggle to understand Amazon advertising. Here's an edited excerpt from her post. If I gave you a hundred dollar gift card to Macy's or another brick and mortar store with no idea of what you want, you could go take a walk in that store, window shop a bit and come out having spent the entire amount and then some. The job of the store layout design team is to make sure you do not leave without buying something. But if I gave you $100 to Amazon, you have to stop and think, what do I need to buy right now? There is no window shopping or store layout team to help you. You have to think up an image for what you like to buy, find some words to describe the image in your head, and then head on to Amazon and search for it. The job of a good search engine is to produce results to a search query that are most relevant to the customer's search. And Amazon is one of the best. They use an algorithm to read the keywords sellers have used in their product pages to provide search results for their customers. As a seller, you have a split second to make sure the potential buyer actually clicks your product's image and views your listing properly. The challenge is, Within that split second, the buyer scans through other similar listings, comparing three major things. The price, review count and rating, and the main image. Buyers are asking themselves if this product, as described by the main image, is of good value compared to the price. The answer determines if the buyer would click into the listing for more info. A click earns you, the seller, a point in the click-through rate metric. A good seller has to routinely conduct an assessment of the overall status of their account. Imagine a balance board. If your weight isn't evenly distributed, it makes for a very unstable situation. Similarly, for stable continuous sales, you need your e-commerce business to be balanced. You want to have a continuous flow of traffic with a high enough conversion to convert that traffic into sales. How many of you out there have worked at a job that you hated? Our next segment involves someone who, after falling asleep at the wheel on the way home from an unloved job, decided that he needed to change his life course. In an AMPM podcast, Tim Jordan welcomed Nick, who's the CEO and founder of an Amazon brand management agency that is helps brands to maximize their sales potential. Sometimes the right path might not seem like it at the time. And I kept falling asleep at the wheel, coming home from work, doing shift work. It happened three times. I was like, I'm done. I quit. So I quit that job, uh, got a loan for 20 grand and started a landscaping business with a buddy of mine. I went absolutely terrible, right? Like I lost all the money, messed up our friendship. Um, and I actually ended up moving back in with my dad 
uh, because I was I was broke and um, I just had my son. So luckily, I was fortunate enough to have somewhere, uh, you know, to stay, someone to feed me. And this uh, thing came across uh, across my plate of selling on eBay. And it was like twenty dollars to get started. So I just jumped in and went for it. I uh, hit that pretty hard for three months, got some sales, uh, and then I moved over to Amazon. So that journey would have never started uh, without falling asleep at the wheel, driving home from work, uh, or you know, getting a loan for twenty grand and just it going completely wrong. The saying "It takes a village" is particularly true when it comes to entrepreneurship and e-commerce. Here's Nick's take on that. I thought differently in the beginning, right? Like I thought I was saving myself money by doing everything myself. Now I realize I'm just, I was just costing myself money and, and drawing out the process. But it would have been very difficult to convince me of that, you know, four or five years ago. Um, so I think the biggest thing I realized is, you know, working with the right people, surrounding yourself uh, with the right people. And, you know, hi, I'm a big fan of like a, having a coach or a mentor, you know, uh, listening to people who have walked down the path uh, that you're going down uh, to help you avoid some of those mistakes or just recover from mistakes faster. When we talk about selling on Amazon, success often comes down to your buyer reviews. Here's an excerpt from a post that I wrote entitled The State of Amazon Reviews in 2021 that refers to Amazon ending their early reviewer program and looks at the most effective way to get Amazon reviews in the future. In the old days, if someone was asked the best way to get reviews after the product launch, people might have listed using friends and family or Facebook review groups or techniques such as incentivizing reviews by offering free products. However, over the last few years, Amazon has really cracked down on those very tactics. Because of that, these methods are no longer recommended. That's why over the last few years, one of the remaining allowed techniques was the Amazon Early Reviewer Program. Now that program is gone. Here's what Amazon said in an announcement. Amazon continuously innovates to improve the shopping and selling experience. Over the last several years, we've made numerous improvements to encourage purchasers to review products on Amazon. These initiatives, such as one-tap reviews and global review sharing, have proven more effective in generating reviews than the Early Reviewer Program. Accordingly, as of March 10th, we will no longer allow new enrollments in the early reviewer program. Now, I feel that written reviews are important though. You know, customers who are just looking for some social proof, they might just look at the raw number of ratings. They might select then purchase a listing that has a thousand reviews as opposed to one that has five reviews, even without reading one single review. However, there's still a lot of people out there who want to read the full reviews. In this sense, I think the early reviewer program will be missed. To get credit for that program, the user had to leave a full review, not just a one-click rating. Now, Helium 10 has great options for Amazon sellers who want to keep those reviews coming in. I personally use Helium 10 follow-up to set up a customized email template with automated delivery. Whenever I use this method, instead of just using Amazon's request review, I can write my own subject line and email copy, and because of that, I consistently get more reviews. Now, why would these custom emails perform better? I think that one reason is that I try to include catchy subject matter instead of, did your recent order meet your expectations? By the way, that's what it says when you just use the Amazon request review. I have subject lines such as, what did you put in your coffin shelf? Or was the pumpkin a hit? Or aren't you glad you bought those straws? Now, 
In those subject lines, I'm obviously purposely being corny, but I wanna try and make someone stop and do a double take when they're scrolling through their email subject lines. The early reviewer program might be permanently retired, but don't let that stop you from doing all you can to increase your review count to get the all important social proof for your Amazon product. So remember, you Helium 10 users out there, you've got two main options with Helium 10 follow-up. You can do those custom emails like I do, or you can at least automate the request a review feature that is right there within follow-up that utilizes the functionality that you would have to press one by one on orders for on Amazon. Tacos Tuesday with Helium 10's Vince Montero has become a must-watch program for Amazon sellers. In this episode, Vince welcomes special guest Mina Elias, who answers a viewer's question about how to evaluate the various PPC campaigns that Amazon sellers might be running. Which strategy do you evaluate the various PPC campaigns? Do you have a pattern? So uh, I, this is probably like, kind of like an optimization question. Like mm -hmm. what's, what's the... Uh, What's the strategy, strategy for for optimizing? What's your first? Where do you start, Mina? Okay, so uh, I have obviously two types of, uh, like generally two things, right? The campaigns that I don't care how much they spend, uh, you know, or to a certain extent, uh, because of ranking, I'm doing a, you know, maybe uh, I'm, I'm trying to rank for a keyword, I'm doing a search find buy on it. Uh, there's something is happening where I want to, uh, you know, to pump money into that keyword. Uh, and then the other campaigns. So, the way that I evaluate the different PPC campaigns is if it is one that's like protected, for example, like electrolyte powder, electrolyte powder, I don't think has ever dropped under 90% ACOS for me ever. Right. Uh, it's a main keyword, very high search volume, but it, it, it results in a lot of my other uh, keywords like ranking. So mm -hmm. I, I keep spending on that. So identifying those ones. And then um, the, the other, other strategy actually that I, that I want to mention is, Quickly, when you go and you download the bulk sheets, uh, you know, click sort and filter, filter, show only keywords and product targets, and then focus on like, let's say one product, go into a column and do equals uh, sales divided by, but you can't do total sales because it's you, you've hidden some columns. So you'll do equal sales divided by subtotals, open bracket, nine comma, and then all of the sales and then close the bracket. Make sure you freeze the sales for the sales. Uh, and nine is just says it's like the sum. This mm. will give you the percentage of sales that each keyword is contributing to your overall, uh, you know, portfolio, portfolio for that skew. Mm -hmm. So if you have a certain keyword, like for example, if electrolyte supplement is driving 35% of my sales or, or let's say 15% of my sales, you don't want to lower that one too much because it, it will result in everything going down, even the organic. So uh, that's kind of the second strategy. Now, the third strategy is a very, very simple strategy where it's like, okay, we go through the optimization. What is my target ACOS? Uh, you know, target ACOS is going to depend on which uh, stage you are in your product launch. So for mm -hmm. me, the first two months of a product launch, 100% is my ACOS or, or double my profit margin. My gross profit margin is my ACOS. Mm -hmm. uh, month three to six, it's, seven, it's you know, one and a half times, so around 75%. Uh, month nine to 12 or, or uh, seven to 12 or 11, it's around 50%, so break even. After that, I drop down like a little bit. And then after that, I drop down a little bit. Generally, I don't go lower than 35%. I'm also in supplements, so that's why. I right. have to always <laughs> be aggressive. So... Now that we figured out, okay, what's my target ACOS? I'm going to go in for anything that's above my target ACOS. I'm going to lower the cost per click by 
f- around five cents. If it's lower than my target ACOS, which means it's profitable, I'll give it a little bit of a bump. Again, I'll bump the cost per click by a few cents. And um, if it's getting clicks and no sales, anything above five clicks and no sales, again, we'll lower the cost per click by f- five cents. And if it's anything under 300 impressions, I'll bump it up by 10 to 20 cents uh, just because I want it to get some more visibility. And if it's not spending, then, you know, what's the point? One of my favorite projects that I get to work on is the Project 5K case study. It's a lot of fun. I always learn something new when I get out from behind this microphone or my writing desk and become an Amazon seller. Now, in a Serious Sellers podcast episode entitled Project 5K Update, $150,000 of sales in four months, I spoke about why inventory management and product testing are so important, how Etsy can rescue a failed product, and the finer points of using bundled products to compete in a saturated market. Here's a clip on using Etsy to rescue a defective product. And so now I've got 250 of this product that are bad, defective, like paint running everywhere, not sanded down, like defects, like scratch marks. It seems it was just bad. I was thinking, all right, what can I do with this product? You know, I I can't put it up on Amazon. This is all bad stuff. I don't want to put it up as a used. you know, on eBay. It's not enough, not enough you know, kind of traction. So check this out. This is actually going to be my, my BTS of the episode, Bradley's 30 second tip. These are like home decor kind of wooden products. So what I did was I actually put these on Etsy and then I called these defective products. All right. So like I made it very clear in the title. I was like, all right, guys, this, this is what the product is. You know, I I named the product but this was from a, a, a defective uh, set of units that our shop had produced that doesn't meet our standards. And so we're just going to give it away for practically for free plus the shipping. Um, and then I had pictures of some of the examples of the defects and I put it up there for like $3 plus shipping. I was like, let, let, let's see if this works. And guys, oh my goodness, this was crazy. All right. I sold out of these defective two products, 350 plus 250 units in like four or five weeks. All right. We were selling like crazy 10, 15 units a day of these defective products that I really didn't pay for because I got credit from on Etsy. I guess, you know, people are like cool with that kind of stuff. What's important is for you out there to realize that it doesn't take a fortune to get started selling on Amazon guys totally for these project 5k products in four months that's about $150,000 we have grossed on these products and remember it all started way back in 2019 with $5,000 for some straws (laughs) all right for some straws and other products so guys um it doesn't take that much money to get started on Amazon I'm just proving over and over again that for even $5,000 you can start uh and become profitable Now, are you going to make a home run on every product? No. Like I said, I've had some issues here. I've had issues with the defects and and I've had issues with the quality and I'm going to have to discontinue a product, but I I would not call this a failure. You know, like I I, I think this is a successful case study and you guys out there, um, you know, try and duplicate some of this stuff. Uh, Everything that I did, guys, is of and everything that I use as far as tools and stuff is exactly what you guys use in Helium 10. All right, well, there you have it, guys. Those were the best of the best of the last six weeks or so. So 
Where were these clips taken from? We've got the Serious Sellers podcast that you're listening to right now. Make sure you subscribe on there. And, and if you guys like these podcasts, make sure to leave a review, please. If you're on the Apple podcast, if you're on Spotify, make sure to follow it. We've also got the AM PM podcast we had some clips from. That too is on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Our blogs, you can catch all of those at helium10.com forward slash blog. Enter your email address at the very top so you can be notified when new content comes out. We also had some PPC strategies from Vince. These can be viewed in YouTube and also on live on our Tacos Tuesday in our Facebook group as well. You can actually go live and ask your PPC questions to Vince himself. So make sure to try and catch as much of this content as you can. But if you can't catch something, we'll try and give you the highlights in these best of episodes. We'll see you guys on the next one.